Here at the Hall of Justice, we have a new sponsor. It's called Podcorn. And just what is Podcorn? Well, if you have a podcast, you want to know what Podcorn is. I've been making podcasts since the beginning, before there was even a word. When I was working for Major League Baseball, there was something on MP3 for iPods. When it evolved into podcasts, I had this idea to create my own. And then when the audience started to grow, I had to find a way to make this profitable. My career history is in sportscasting. So to have a podcast called The Hall of Justice and to be able to talk about a genre that I've been passionate about my whole life, but in an adult, mature, real way, is a dream. And now my dream makes money. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, discussions that are topical, much, much more. Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes, so if your show is big with thousands of listeners, or if it's small with just a few listeners, you can find the right opportunities right on the platform. Set their own rates and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. It's like a dating service for podcasts and sponsors. You never give up any rights to your podcast. You control all the content. Podcorn is there to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. Their marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom to do what they want, and full control of how and when they monetize. There's a link in the show notes for this episode to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. Thanks so much to the folks at Podcorn for sponsoring this episode. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up here at podcorn.com slash podcasters. Gather together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 263. If you're listening to this to when it is uh, being released, happy holidays. We hope that you and yours are being safe. COVID is spiking. But then again, you might be listening to it when COVID's falling apart. Maybe COVID's over and we might have the flying car. So you can let me know that as well. Uh, we have a fun episode planned for you today. Um, there's a hot new show on Netflix. And that's what we at the Hall of Justice cover. 
we cover the hot new shows. That's that's how it goes. Um, Netflix announced recently that they were going to take a shot on a little-known show called Seinfeld. The quote from Ted Sarandos, this is the first time we've taken a risk of this nature, going all in on nine seasons at the jump. But Jerry has created something special with this sitcom that nobody has ever done. I truly think he and Mr. David have enormous futures ahead of them, and I'm thrilled Netflix could be the home for them to grow their fan bases. That gave me the idea of a podcast, because if you look at the Netflix charts, Netflix's top 10, Seinfeld is ranked in the top 10. And for years, Netflix was banking on shows like The Office and Friends, and now they have Seinfeld. What kind of impact will that have? So rather than get some kind of Netflix expert, I just put a social media post out looking for like, diehard fans and you had to like not pass a test but like you had to prove your weight there you had to show that you had the gumption to know enough about Seinfeld like you're a little bit more than just no soup for you like it has to go a little deeper than that and so we found not one not two but three of my friends who are from all different parts of the world this is like worlds colliding right here they're killing independent Seth Chris Pallone is a correspondent for NBC News. Chris and I went to college together at Syracuse University. We are both the class of 1996. And Chris is one of the nicest people you will ever know. He came on my other podcast called Sports with Friends when we had literally 11 listeners. Chris Pallone, welcome to the Hall of Justice. This is your maiden voyage on this podcast and no superhero talk. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Seth. Sylvia Lind is a former Major League Baseball executive. She's now a fancy agent. Let's just let's just say that. Very fancy. She's very fancy. She's a very <laughs> fancy person, but she's been a dear friend for decades now. Sylvia, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Seth. And TJ Roach is the guy, if you go to the Prudential Center, because let's face it, who, who listens to this podcast and doesn't go to the Prudential Center, and you hear all the great music that they play, even the bad songs. Uh, TJ Roach is the DJ for the New Jersey Devils, and he's a big Seinfeld fan as well. TJ, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, great to be here. I was—I think I was the first person to reply to your post on this, so excited. You really you were. Fan. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was—it was a scramble, and a lot of people. I hate to say it because a lot of people who are listening saying, "Wait a minute, I tried to get on this show too," and yes, we had a cut. Like I literally had to make a call. I was very judgmental when I did it. Um, we couldn't just take any joker uh, on this show. <laughs> I want to start this off by talking about the Netflix part of it, because, yes, we all love Seinfeld. We all watched Seinfeld. We all had the DVDs. I, I watched them with the commentaries and then the notes about nothing like this was a show that we all grew up on. But we are the demographic that the Hall of Justice podcast is now it's on Netflix. So the first question I want to throw out there is. Are new people watching this show? Do you think that new people are, are, it's coming up on their Netflix queues and suddenly they're watching? Chris, I'll start with you, but I want everybody to jump in. I, th I think there has, there has to be new viewers in this. Think about how many people of a certain generation have heard about this, maybe from their parents, maybe from you know, an aunt or an uncle. They've heard the references. They don't even know where they, they come from. This pops up. There's nine seasons worth of content. You know how people love to binge things. 
maybe they watch episode one and they're not impressed or whatever, but then they take it. They said, there's gotta be something here. I think there has to be some new viewers, but, but I mean, they said they saw that phenomenon with the office too, that it, it started out with, you know, people who were just watching it as comfort food. My wife and I do it all the time, but the office is, but the office is more contemporary. Right. And the office, right. The office first season is brilliant. Seinfeld's first British season. See, that's where this kind of goes into a a weird thing because Netflix's model is built on serial uh, shows. Mm -hmm. You know, you watch episode one and it offers you episode two and then episode three. When when Seinfeld had that deal with Hulu, there was a random button and you would press random and it would just show you a random episode of, of Seinfeld. Sylvia, what's your thought on the idea that if you watch that pilot, that's not hooking you to watch nine episodes. Yeah. And it's funny because for, okay, it, now it's on Netflix. It was on, you know, CW forever. I mean, it's been in syndication since the moment it went off the air. So I'm a junkie. I always have the TV on no matter what. First thing I do when I get home is turn on the TV. So I always have it on and it's the comfort food, like, like Chris said, and the thing is, you're right. The pilot, when you go back and the pilot's on, you're like, hmm, Kramer's a little awkward. Jerry's kind of stilted. The story with the other guy, you're like, it's one the of waitress, those things. The waitress. The waitress. You know. You're a woman, right? What gave it away, George? I suspect. <laughs> I play one on TV. And, and that's the thing is that that you have to, it has to be something because it has such a track record, something that you've heard about that you know, like, wait a second, that can't be it. You know, you see the, the pilot and you're like, no, no, no. This was on for nine years. This was number one for nine years. That can't be it. And, and in fact, originally, it, originally it got a very slow start. I mean, I don't, I don't know all the statistics of it, but I know the first probably, you know, half a season wasn't highly rated. Well, it's been well documented. TJ, the, the, this this idea that, you know, you're going to start a show and watch it in this, you know, chronological order, just to take Chris points one Chris's point one step further, you know, you could join the office. And if you're watching it in chronological form, there's the arc, there's the uh, uh, Pam and Jim and, 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 and Steve Carell's episodes. And then the other episode, you know, after he leaves and, and Robert California and all the, all that stuff with the office, Seinfeld's not like that Seinfeld. You can jump in. I, I kind of wish there was a random button because again, I hope people, if you're new and you don't know this show, it looks incredibly dated and the first season's not that funny. No, and and my comparison is I just started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, and you know they do a whole other episode on. Well, they're they're funny, but I'm not falling off my chair. But my understanding is I need to stick it out and get through those beginning seasons. And I think if people are doing the same thing for Seinfeld who've never seen it before, then they'll get to those episodes. But I think it's important to watch it, you know, regardless of whether how funny or how great those first couple episodes are, just to get an understanding in the basis of the show. And I think it's important with any show if you're going to watch it to watch it in chronological. But then once you've seen it, then you just go through and pick out all your favorite episodes, which I'm sure we all do here. DJ, I think that was so important because one of my favorite shows ever, which of course Seinfeld is one, um, I think everything in life is to be analogized to Seinfeld, Friends, or Bugs Bunny. 
and I think you're pretty much covered for practically every situation. Um, but arrested development was one of those that from the go, absolutely first moment you are crying at that show. And yeah, Seinfeld's is a little, you know, it took a little while to get its footing. So I, I, I think what we've all been saying is people have to know and trust it like that there's going to be something there very soon. Like, just hold on a little <laughs> but, bit. But that's the argument. But that's the argument that the people that are watching it have seen it. already. Yeah. Yeah. Like the people who are watching it on Netflix saw it on NBC. Forget the syndication and the 7000 yeah. reruns like it, you saw it on NBC. You know what it is. You know where it's coming and you know Netflix well enough. Like the app works easy enough that you can find what you want to see. Right. And I think more people are watching it on Netflix because I think more people, especially the older people, I use my parents as an example, have Netflix and it's easier for them to use. And they're not as familiar with Hulu when it was on Hulu as well. So I think that's why so many more people are watching it now on Netflix as well. And also, I must say, it's so much better on Netflix without the commercials on Hulu. Um, just yes. flows a lot better. Yeah. Wait, I, mean, wait, I enjoy it a lot we more. the older people? I, I, I'm a little upset here. Like, oh, are we the older people? I think because we watched it originally. Listen, well, I, I mean, as I, but I just feel like my parents, cable? Steph, who here has cable? TJ, you have cable. You I all have cable. Have cable? Yep. Oh my! I know. I'm God. sorry. Streaming is like terrible. Oh, Streaming is streaming terrible. Is the only way to live. <laughs> yeah. I, I spent I spent last That's summer at a friend's house. All she has is streaming, and I wanted to throw the remote control through the TV every single day. Sign into this. Sign out of that. Sign into this. You're already signed in over here. You can't sign in this. It was miserable. And, and I'll tell you what. I priced all the channels that I wanted to get if I cut the cord, which my wife would never figure out cord cutting. We're not even going there. But I priced all the channels $3 less than my cable. That's so, what I was doing. What? Yeah. That's what I was doing. I started adding, well, it doesn't have this. Well, it doesn't have that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we're, I mean, we're I mean, dinosaurs. They're, they're, like people are we'll complaining have a about class on how to do this. <laughs> people are complaining about how, um, you know, oh, they need to offer, uh, you know, bundles of, of, of streaming services. Oh, kind of like a cable system. Cable. You know, like people can only subscribe to too much to so much. I, I, I really think the model is broken, but. I'm well, also just a the, dinosaur, idea, so. the idea, the, the idea, you know, we, we cut the cord in December, 2017. I remember made a, a bit big deal about it. I, I remember taking pictures of sending the direct TV boxes back to the store. Like I was, I, it was, it was a great experience. And um, I, what I find is you're a, you're a better TV watcher because when you go to your TV, you have a plan. It's I want to go because I want to see Hawkeye or I, I want to go because I want to see Seinfeld on Netflix. Also, I, I have to note Knight Rider is also now on Netflix. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done. Um, and <laughs> that's trust me, contrived. if the Having Seinfeld plan, thing didn't work contrived. out, we were going to do a Knight Rider <laughs> podcast because let's just be honest that that's the greatest thing in the world. But just the idea that you have this plan when you go to sit down in front of a television I like it from a sports standpoint because my phone knows my favorite teams and it tells me when the teams are playing. Like that's phenomenal. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I you're just, a minute and a half delayed to, to what I'm watching. But, but, but how do I know that? I already know they hit the game winning field yeah. goal and you're still sitting there going, man, this is getting good. Yeah. For a whole 90 seconds. Anyway. Um, when, when 
Friends was on Netflix, it became a massively popular thing. And it, a lot of people say Friends and The Office were the, 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 the cornerstones to Netflix's growth. You know, people will talk about House of Cards and Orange is the New Black and, you know, shows like that that became in you know, the Marvel shows for a while that became a big deal for Netflix. But it was those sitcoms that like, like, like you guys said, does Seinfeld replace those? Is that fair to put on this show? Like, is it, it does Seinfeld's unique and Seinfeld never compared to those shows when it was on? I don't think so because the the office is the most streamed show in, in streaming history. They said, you know, I listened to the office ladies in the, in the uh, Brian Baumgartner podcast. podcast. Brian Baumgartner's I think is even better, but they said something like 22 billion minutes or something like that, or 22 billion stream, like some ungodly number of how much that show is streamed. I would love to know, what it's done taking that away from Netflix and putting it on Peacock because as an NBC guy, I hear a lot of people complain about having to find Peacock or whatever, which I think Peacock is fantastic. And I'm not just saying that, uh-huh. but uh, because it pays Who do the you bills. Work for? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, I, I think I, there's a lot of content on Peacock that I think is amazing. Um, but I, I just don't see, because like I'm making the argument that, yeah, I think a new audience is watching Seinfeld or I mean, at least sampling Seinfeld. I just don't think that you're going to have the hardcore viewership. I don't know if it's ever going to be number one on Netflix and all the minutes stream that, that something like the yeah, office or no, friends. Did. It's not as contemporary. It's, and it's kind of dated. Like, what do you guys think about the idea? Like, you know, the answering machine and, you know, the, the you know, in the Chinese restaurant episode where he goes to the payphone and he's waiting for a call, he's waiting for an important call, you know, all, all these things. And I just wonder, you know, who relates to that? You know, who who sees that, you know, I find that stuff hysterical, but it takes me back to a different time. I I don't think it's that terrible in terms of datedness, because I I think there are other shows that have more dated concepts than like these are physical things that existed in a different form. I think of the ones that have a lot more pop culture references, like like what? what? How do you understand the rhymes are crossed? Yeah, not sure. I'm not taking advice from some girl from Long Island. The rhymes are, yeah. Well, the rhymes are crossed is a whole other, (laughs) is problematic for a whole other reasons. But, um, and and that episode largely is. But, I mean, I think the, there are certain things, like there are other shows, of course, now I can't think of one, but that a lot of times the pop culture references, and even some in Friends, you know, when he's talking about Bob Hope and it was already outdated to the, you know, when Chandler's an intern and they didn't know who Bob Hope was. And I mean, but there are a lot of, you know, he said, and it's mostly Chandler's lines, you know, because he's the one always joking around. It's like, oh, you know, maybe Gloria Stefan was right. The rhythm is going to get you. Nobody gets that now. Nobody has any idea what that means. (laughs) At least a pay phone they've heard of. Like yeah. they know that that's a thing that used to be a thing. Or you can it, get it in context. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I think the physical things, the evolution of, you know, tactile society, so to speak, is a different thing. I think it's okay to be outdated in that way. TJ? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I watch Friends and I like it. I wouldn't say I love it. And I think the jokes and, and, and some of the things are just, 
expected where Seinfeld, you really got to pick up on it. And I think the younger kids uh, are more attracted to friends for that reason than they would be to Seinfeld. I think a lot of the jokes, even though they're not, I wouldn't even, not so much because they're outdated, like just over their head. Like, I mean, the other night I watched George when Jerry put the coffee down on the table and he yelled because his parents didn't want him having a party. And Kramer and six turned around and says, well, there's one in, I mean, there's one at every party. I just die laughing. And I don't, my kids look at me like I'm nuts. And, but they'll watch Friends and they'll laugh at some of those jokes. And I think that's what the difference is. It's because we're way smarter. <laughs> we get it. It's contextual. It's, 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 uh, it's situations that we can relate to waiting you know, at a Chinese restaurant and finding the, uh-huh. mining the humor in these, it was one of the first things that really mined the humor in these mundane, you know, everyday situations. I, I, I just watch it with an eye where I go, like, I'll laugh my tail off. I think of, I think of the episode of Kramer being stuck at first and first, you know, in oh, New York. The nexus and, of the universe. And, yeah. And, and, and pretty much every episode that I watch, I go, ah, this plot would be resolved with a cell phone. You know, like, like if in the later episodes, Jerry had a car phone, um but like if if the if the if Which the thief it, it, conveniently answered when he said you know did right, you right. My, did you steal my right. car but if if they had walking around cell phones in their pockets like half the storylines would evaporate yeah 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 there was a lot with the storylines there and i think but you know i also think the major disconnect or difference really between friends and seinfeld even at the time, is not just necessarily a little more intelligent humor, but it's a vastly different age age classification because the early 20s when you just, like you're just propelled into you have to be a grown-up versus Seinfeld, which, okay, we're all grown-ups and you know what, this shit, you know, I don't, I don't know what we're doing here. That's, it, it was a very different age frame. So even from the beginning, it wasn't, they weren't similar. Exactly right. Yes. I love the way Seinfeld just evolved Mm -hmm. and it got to the point of where you started. It started to find its voice. Um, The first episode I ever loved was the Chinese restaurant um, when they're just waiting for a table. Um, But that season is also I'm looking at the list, the parking spot when she's Uh. holding the fish (laughs) and they can't find their car. Um, The bus boy. Um, was another, <laughs> was, a, was another one. And then the, the crossover, which I mean, for, for comic book fans, the crossover with Murphy Brown yeah. and Kramer yep. shows up on, on Murphy and you just can start to see it when the show I think changed was season four, which was a full arc. You know, that's when they, they're going to write the pilot. And that was a full on arc. That's also where they had the contest. That's also where bubble boy comes from. Um, I mean, some of the absolute classics, so much is made about that contest episode, but the reality of it is, is what it is, is smart humor. You know what I mean? It's not that that's the thing about it. It wasn't salacious. We've seen more salacious things on other shows that aren't as funny. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that, I mean, they went 22 minutes without saying the word and the, maybe the only reference that was, you know, a little juvenile or whatever was when Estelle said, my son is treating his body like it's an amusement amusement park. park. And it's a crying laugh out loud line. So it works, but it's, it's just super, super. um, I mean, you know, it's, it's one of the greatest episodes of TV history. I mean, it's just so well done. (laughs) 
Yep. That's uh, that, so, so I wanted to, you know, while we have everybody, um, do you have like an all time favorite? And it's not a line, you know, when one of the things uh, I think Sylvia, you and I were talking about this, Yeah. just like there are funny lines in a lot of episodes that you, you remember, you know, but is there a, is there an episode where like, if, if, if you had it, uh, if you had it on Netflix and you could pick the one episode you could watch because you had 20 minutes that you had to burn, what would the episode be? TJ, you want to start us off? Yeah, I, it's it's. I'm gonna to have to go. I, there's two all the time. It's when George loses his glasses. Um, I don't know why that just when he walks in with those goggles on, just cracks me up. And the other one is when George and Jerry go to meet Elaine's father, and Elaine's late, and they're sitting there with him, oh and they're trying to figure out how to get out. I don't know why those two. Every time. No, I feel like no one ever talks about them as much as yeah. I enjoy those two episodes every single time. And I'll watch them almost. I put on Seinfeld before I go to bed every night and I'll put one of those two on for sure just to go to sleep with. Yep. Chris? I, you know, I mean, there's so many great, it's really hard to choose. I think the thing that I take away from the show, number one, is how, how many of the catchphrases have lived on to this day, especially between me and my brother. I mean, I responded to your thing with Yo-Yo Ma. I still say that all the time for no apparent reason. Um, you know, giddy up. It, it, it's just- uh, Our buddy Larry used to always say Mochambo. Yeah, hey, Mochambo, right. Up, and, Mochambo? and it's just um, like, I can't I can't see anything about historical about the Moors without thinking of the boobs. Yeah, the boobs. I, think, <laughs> I think that, um, I think Bubble Boy is one of mine because, um, man, they they could be so cruel, and I, I nothing think could he, be finer than eating at your being, time. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. I want no. I'm not letting you have it. I think it's good. I, I just think that they they just play to the worst instincts in every human being that deep down we all have. That at some point we laugh at a you know somebody we shouldn't be laughing at or whatever. And uh, so that one I like a lot. And then you know the Keith Hernandez, the you know the uh, uh, you know I, I just think that's. Spinner masterful masterful episode brilliant. you know it's it's totally brilliant and uh and keith hernandez still get you know talks about it to this day yeah. uh you know when i worked over there and we would be on the bus at like three in the morning getting into milwaukee you know for a road trip and we would sit there and it's somebody would go up to keith hernandez and just go so do you still get residuals from the from the from the Seinfeld episode? And he's just like, oh, you have no idea. I, I don't know how he doesn't go around every day going, I'm Keith Hernandez. I mean, it's just the greatest thing ever. Who does this guy think he is? I'm Keith Hernandez. You know, not driving him in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you stole mine. You stole mine. See, well, what do you love about it? We were talking well, you're the about baseball it. You executive. First. You're the you're the baseball person. I mean, you know, that's why you know I kind of didn't want that one to be mine because it <laughs> it, it might have been obvious, but. And, and for me, there were so many lines that I use all the time. What I responded to you and I said, and you want to be my latex salesman. I use that <laughs> all the time. I always say, oh, no, I mentioned the bisque. I, you know, I do all of those all the time. And you're right, like lines you can get from so many. But what the reason I thought the Keith Hernandez one was so pure, and it's not just because it was a baseball player, the... I think it was the most natural of so many of the episodes because Jerry himself is such a huge, such a huge fan. Mets fan. Right. And when it, the way that, you know, he and George looked in awe at Keith well, and I'm Keith sure. goes over to them and he's like, Oh, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And yeah. then just 
the storyline of how, you know, he acts, Elaine is touched because he seems, you know, protective and jealous. And then he, and then she realizes, no, she's, he's jealous of her hanging out with Keith Hernandez, not, you know, him being there. And and she's so, I I mean, she was the easily the best actor on the show. I mean, it's, it's proved itself, you know, with Veep and everything, but, um, when she's recounting the story of like, and, and there was a guy there, uh, Mookie, like she has no idea (laughs) the way that she plays it so straight of, I have no idea. I'm not impressed by any of this because I have no idea who these people are. It's, it's perfect. I like when she won't take off the Orioles hat. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) And that's funny because that, as somebody Seth, you probably thought this is the same thing as working, someone working in baseball, you're like, excuse me like that's not a thing like you you don't sit in an owner's box and not act appropriately (laughs) you would never wear absolutely mine mine is um it's the terry hatcher one that's because you love terry hatcher not just because not not just because she be she was lois lane but uh i i love the 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 left side right side you know, George uh, can't yeah. get with her because oh. he's on his right side. Yeah. Why? Is, yeah, he can't go can't left. Go left. <laughs> I'm righty. I'm lefty. Can't go right. What about women? Do they go left or right? No, we just play defense. That's right. I just, <laughs> <laughs> that, just, that is the funniest, the funniest, that and her voiceover when they're sitting in the sauna and <laughs> Elaine is saying, is commenting like she can't get over it. Like she, it, it's true. Like they're spectacular. Like it's, it's so funny. The, um, the the very last scene when she opens the door and says, oh, by the way, and Jerry says yeah. something like, oh, or something like that. He, he responds to her in the middle of yeah, a sentence yeah. and she goes, they're real and they're spectacular. And it, I mean, it's brilliant. just it's perfect. Just yeah. Brilliant. Um, Larry David leaves at the end of season seven and the show got silly. Yeah. Uh, Bizarro Jerry, uh, Kenny Rogers roasters, the yeah. the dancing one, Elaine dancing, the Frogger episode. Um, uh, who's going to wear? You're not going to wear the ribbon. <laughs> yeah, that was like, yeah, yeah. So as as you know, clearly you three, you know, the four of us know this show real real well. Um, what was it like watching season eight when it was the first time without him? Did Seinfeld jump the shark, and should Seinfeld have ended after seven? Um, I, I, real quick, I, Without I the mean, whole finale I, controversy and all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it should have ended, but you definitely felt a big difference, um, in, in the comedy itself and, and the writing for sure. Um, you know, I enjoy some of those episodes, but you know, if you're first time watching it, I feel like somebody's going to notice the difference. If they didn't even know that Larry David left, they're going to know something's not right. Something's different. And that's the feeling you get. I mean, I usually stop right about there and I go back now on Netflix as a fan, just because, you know, there's none of those that really stick out my mind that I want to go back and watch as much. Season seven, by the way, is the uh, the 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 arc of George is engaged. And See, I. And that's a great culmination. Like Jerry gets, you know, he's going to, he proposes to um, Janine Garofalo and then it ends. I, I, I would say that I don't think it should have ended because I think that those seasons still offered some stuff, you know, there were misses, there were a lot more misses, but there's still like, 
you know, to, to bring it back to my other favorite, The Office, like, I love Robert California. I love those episodes. I'm sorry. I do. I know people hate it. They think it should have stopped. Like Corella. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I, I just think that those seasons offered something, you know, you had to pick and choose and you had to kind of find it. But, you know, there were some bizarre ones. But, hey, what else was on at the time, you know? I, I think the Susan episodes did offer something. I love when... Her parents, after she died, and her parents made them him drive them all the way out to the Hamptons so that they could see Prickly Pete. <laughs> it was just like, you know, that was genius. And even when they ran into Elaine right before that, when they ran into Elaine, and she's oh, like, cabin. George Costanza house in the Hamptons. Yeah, but yeah, the, it, but the, it, cam- it goes the cabin it, when it burned down, and they had to tell him. Yeah. yeah it, it goes back to the classic heart of the show of just mm-hmm. the awfulness of I'm going to boast that I have something and they know he does it and neither one of them is going to blink. Yeah, yeah, that was that was amazing. Yeah, that that was. And I think in a lot of real ways, it while while so much of it was not redeeming and they're kind of, you know, living in their own universe and really can only tolerate each other. You know, I thought that that at least showed like Seth, you mentioned earlier, the progression, it did show a little progression because George was like, you know what? I don't know. I feel like I, maybe I should get married. Like that's a thing that grownups do. And then, you know, you get into it, you do it. You know, it was clear he did it just to do it. And then was like, oh, I don't know. And, you know, Susan wasn't all that likable either. So it, it like a lot of it made sense, you know, for, for, maybe not to end up the exactly the way it did, but, but it was at least, you know, I, I, I thought it was intriguing. I remember the first, the, 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 um, the non-fat yogurt when uh, Rudy Giuliani was <laughs> Giuliani. running the re-election. <laughs> that's so like, funny that watching a that total now. different context now. Like that's oh. hysterical. Oh. Um, there's, you know, he, the, he, the stuff he was our Florida. keynote speaker at my law school graduation. Well, Sylvia, you're in Florida now, but do you yes. live in Del Boca Vista? <laughs> I do not live in Del Boca Vista because, you know, once you get charged, you can't be you can't yeah. be chairman <laughs> of Del Boca Vista anymore. I think the uh, the Merv Griffin one always gets me. Yeah, the Merv Griffin one's good. With Kramer and just seeing, you know, if you watch closely, George can't stop laughing in, yeah. in real time in a couple of those scenes on that set. So that always that that's one of the favorites towards the end. I think is that one. Do you guys remember the controversy around the Puerto Rican Day? Yeah, and how they wouldn't put that in syndication because they accidentally yeah. burned the flag. Is that on Netflix? That, that's a you know when you started this, I I was wondering because I started thinking back about some of the episodes, and there are a lot of what we would call problematic episodes, and I mean that one's probably chief among them. And I don't know if it's on. I mean that's like. You know, uh, Comedy Central. Uh, Comedy Central doesn't run uh, Diversity Day anymore on uh, for the office. You know, it's like I, I wonder if everything's on there if they've pulled it off. Well, the the one thing that you can say, um, you know, HBO Max uh, for for Key and Peele, uh, Space Ghost, uh, they took episodes out. Robot Chicken, yeah. they they've taken episodes out of. I'm looking while you're talking. TJ, say something here. So yeah, well, I'm gonna look it up. And just talking about that, I mean, I even know just being a wrestling fan that they took a ton of stuff off uh, WWE since they moved to Peacock. 
um, which, you know, I don't think is appropriate in, in these times, I guess. Peacock so does have great that. stuff. It needs yeah. a better app. Yeah. Here, here's yeah. what I don't understand about apps. Amazon Prime, Hulu, all of them. You've seen Netflix. You see how well right. it works. Yeah, do it. Copy. Yeah. Yeah. Copy that with your own stuff, but copy that. Do everything yeah, H- Netflix does. HBO Max is guilty. Hulu's guilty. They yeah. try to be different, and they're wrong. Yeah. yeah. I, I think HBO Max has acknowledged that theirs is bad, and they, like, however they built it, they're now going in the other direction and built, rebuilding it from the ground up or whatever. Because Puerto like, Rican Day, by the way, is in Netflix. It, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. It's right you, there. you know, it's interesting, though, for, for all the talk about, especially Friends is getting a lot of it, about being dated, about being um, exclusive and, and non-diverse. I think Seinfeld, if you think about it, a few of the episodes were aware that they were inappropriate. Like yeah. when you say, you know, that not that there's anything wrong with that. It was all right. not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, right. and they, they talked about it that way. The Cigar Story Indian was absolute, you know, that was evident. They knew it was wrong. They were like, yeah. no. And, and, and Elaine, Elaine and her boyfriend who turned out not to be black and they were just a couple of white people. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the, yeah, then the bloom was off. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was great though. And then like, they kept was... saying, should we be talking about this? Like, oh my yeah. God, like we can't talk about it. Well, in the episode where uh, Jerry is intrigued by Donna Chang, right, where their lines yep. were crossed, um, <laughs> he said something like, I love Chinese women or something like that. And Elaine goes, isn't that a little racist? And he goes, no, if I like them, how is it racist? <laughs> how is it racist? Yeah. How is it racist? And that's, well, that's the, the line. That's that, when Estelle has the line. I'm not taking advice from some girl from Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was more in a lot of ways was more prescient than, yeah. you know, Friends, which in some ways, and I, I love Friends Friends too. is criticized a lot though for being- Criticized, exactly. And, and Seinfeld, you know, despite being in pretty much the same time period, really didn't have those issues because every time they acknowledged- They addressed a, a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah, they addressed a lot of uh, political correctness and a lot, you yeah. know, a lot of, and, they, and they, they, they mocked it, but not in an insulting way. Right. I don't think- I don't think anybody, you know, the, the whole thing about when they, the woman thinks that Jerry and George are gay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not that there's anything No steam, no steam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we're taking a steam. No steam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to stand there naked all by myself. <laughs> I always think the other day, I mean, it's everything that you think. So the other day I was doing laundry and my laundry didn't fill up my uh, thing. So I, w- I was doing my daughters in the same load, which usually I don't because the socks disappear and this whole thing. And I heard, wait, but don't, my guys can't be with your guys. My guys don't know your guys. <laughs> it's too familiar. Yeah. Yeah. But it's that, just, but that's all subtle stuff. Touchstone. Yeah. yeah. But, th- but that's all subtle stuff. And that to me is Larry David. That's the yeah. early stuff yes. is the subtlety of these lines. I think that when it becomes the end, and I'm, I'm not trying to harp on this, but when it becomes the end, there is still silliness and it's still funny, but it's very juvenile funny. Right. It's not quite. And it's, it's the difference between different. what Curb Your Enthusiasm became and what Jerry Seinfeld's post Seinfeld plans had become. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I just heard Jerry Seinfeld with uh, Jason Bateman and um, 
Will Arnett and uh, Sean Hayes, um, you know, that their podcast. Their podcast yeah. Jerry Seinfeld did a They have a podcast bit. all together? Oh, my God. Oh my it's God, so it's good. So oh, my bad. God. That must be the best thing. I love oh. all of them. Yeah. It's <laughs> it, and what they do. It's so smart. They 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 bring on a guest, but they don't tell the other two who the guest is going to be. So they can't prep. Does Ron Howard like provide a little, you know, aside? No, no, no. Oh, <laughs> because mean, of arrest. Can't oh, be as God. good, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Uh, and for you uh, superhero people, Will Arnett was the voice of the new kit in the 2000s revival of Knight Rider. Wow. Really? Did not know that. People listen to this podcast. They just can't help but get information. But Will Arnett was Lego Batman. He was also Lego Batman. That's right. That's important. That That's the, that's as much as I can contribute to the superhero <laughs> part of this. That and I live for Jeremy Jordan, who is on Supergirl. Supergirl. You know, some of these shows that you talk about, Seth, I thought I was the only person in the world that watched them until I listened to some of your podcasts. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any friends that watch half the stuff I watch. And then <laughs> that, I started listening. I'm like, OK, so I'm not alone. That podcast, by the way, is called Smartless. Yeah, their podcast. It, yeah. yeah, it's really, oh, yeah? well. And a good yeah. thing about podcasting is they don't compete. It's not like radio. Like you wouldn't say to somebody, you know, don't listen to 106.7 because you got to listen to Z100. Like that's that's not how it works. Like download SmartList, download the Office Ladies, download the Hall of Justice. You know, download these podcasts because listen to them at your leisure. Listen to them when when you can. And that's where I I think podcasts uh, can 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 do. Um, kind of in, in closing, um, you know, we get comfortable and, you know, it's f so funny because one of the things I was going to bring up was just the idea that as more people cut the cord and, you know, on sports with friends, we've done a bunch of these and I've written columns about this, you know, when the NFL leaves direct TV, there's going to literally be millions of people that, uh, leave direct TV for Apple or Amazon or ESPN plus, or one of these streaming services to watch the national football league. And so what I, what I guess is, you know, I don't know the, the, the terms of the deal. I don't know the length of the deal, but it seems to me that this is going to become the new normal that on my continue watching, there is going to be a Seinfeld episode at some point at all times, whenever I log on, you got you guys again. You still have cable, so you still can see it on in New York. You can see it on WPIX. You know it's on TBS seventy six hours of the day, and you know it's still on all, all the time. But to me, it's on Netflix, and that's new. That's something that I wasn't used to, and I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I I just kind of get the sense that Netflix now that comedians in cars getting coffee, which is brilliant. Pick you know what up. I think is important when you said, you know, is it, so is this a different era? Is it going to be some new evolution? I think especially over the past year and a half, certainly there is a dearth of new programming and a new writing. And there are so many reality shows. I mean, if, if I pass another love for this and, and Real Housewives of any place. I mean, I'm just, and, and there are just so many. There's such a proliferation of these things. And I think, and usually the very well, well-written shows um, tend to be, lately, tend to be overwhelmingly dramas. I mean, and something you're talking about, a, you know, a Breaking Bad, 
of billions, which um, I want to throw a little plug because a guy that I went to law school with um, writes and produces billions. Nice. Brian Koppelman. Um, he filmed on my street all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Future, yeah. future Hall of Justice guest. Yeah, we'll yes. continue. And so he, <laughs> you know, when you see overwhelmingly, I think a lot of the the written shows and the good ones are practic- of practically all dramas. So yeah. people are looking for something to just relieve a little something. What's a and- funny new show? Maisel's, I don't, I Maisel's was, great. I was thinking that too. I honestly don't know. What's a funny? I can't even name a comedy. Going off. Hacks is really funny. On HBO, I, I, th- I think I think I think Curb is still. It's not a new well, show. Curb but is I think still brilliant. It's, yeah, but it's yeah, it's still, I think these seasons have been fantastic. Blackish, I think, is very funny. Yeah, never. Seen I mean, I, but I that's enjoy... also going off. I mean, that's not new either. Always Sunny. I mean, oh, yeah. that's pretty funny. That's pretty good. Yeah, but that's but that's not a show like you race home to see the new right. Ones. Right. That's a, it's on, you know, I, I'll watch the upcoming seat or the new season's out, but I, you know, on, it's on my Hulu, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see it, you know, when, when, when it, it's just, it, you're right. I, I think that from a comedy standpoint, I, I think the sitcom died. I, the last sitcom yeah. I really watched was big bang theory. Yeah. I, Actually I was, one of the funniest I was shows a completist for that. I, I finished yeah. that. One of the funniest shows ever, but it's really not getting too much play, is Black Monday. Have you guys seen it? It's on Showtime. Don Cheadle, Andrew Reynolds. We started watching it because Andrew Reynolds is a big Broadway guy. So my daughter said, oh my God, Andrew Reynolds is in a show. Well, it's grossly inappropriate, but it is hysterical. And it's about Wall Street in the 80s. So it's got all the complete debauchery of Wall Street in the 80s. But it is so well written; it's genius. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think Seth to put a button on it. I, you know, I I look at me and my wife's behavior towards the office, where it could be on Comedy Central for an entire Sunday, but we often just dial it up on Peacock for lack of commercials. The, Peacock does supersized episodes with all the and extras I heard you added get back in. Sense every time you say the word Peacock. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and, and but but just taking that behavior to Netflix, where Seinfeld's on a lot, but it's not on that a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? And Friends so, is on a lot more than Seinfeld. Right. And so if I can if I can come home and go, I really want to take a look at this, I think it's going to stay strong for them. I, th- I think, I think it, it, you know, I use the term comfort food. I just go back to that. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of us, especially, you know, Gen Xers who kind of cross that whole, you know, going from not having cell phones and not having anything digital into the sure. digital age, I think that's right in our wheelhouse. And I think well, it always will be. When you know, and TJ, you'll appreciate this, but when Chris and I went to school, we learned audio editing with a razor blade. Yeah. Oh, I did a razor blade too. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. And but but we were of the age that as soon as we got out of school, they went to digital. So it was yeah. a skill I'd never used in real life. <laughs> it was. I, yeah. I was cutting stuff on a moviola up on yeah. like the fourth floor in this dark with your room. grease with your grease pencil with the, yep. with the pencil yeah with, 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 it, with, I, I was recently recently working a party and, and a kid said to me how long you been djing so i tell him i go yeah i started with turntables and, and records and vinyl and he goes what's records and vinyl and i threw my hands up in the air i said well then we went to cds and then he said what cds and then i said it's time for me to go home yeah 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 <laughs> he went. Um, and, and next year his parents are going to buy him a turntable because yeah. vinyl's back yeah. Yeah, right exactly i bought one right. recently <laughs> yeah. i got, I've got one a last bunch year of records, for christmas yeah. 
Me too. That's so funny. That's so funny. Um, the controversy about the finale. Let's end with oh. this. Um, everybody was upset with the finale. I, I, I don't know what they could have done that would have been better. I didn't want a happy ending or a big dramatic thing with the characters. You know, friends ended with Will Ross and Rachel wind up together. You know what I mean? That was that was that, that was very, very different. What about your reaction to the finale then and your your reaction to it now if you saw it now? Mm -hmm. I think it's the same. It's very underwhelming to me. I don't know. I when I get to it on Netflix and I get there again, I don't even think I don't remember the last time I actually watched it. I skip right over it. I, I, I mean, it was obviously it was they wanted to bring back all these characters. It felt a little forced. And I don't know. It could have been what could have been different. I don't know the answer. If I knew the answer, I guess I would be writing TV shows. But I don't think that was the answer. My that's just my my opinion and take on it. Um, I had such a strong reaction to the finale. I did not like it at all. Um, yeah, I mean, they, could, they could have went with the blackout and just started playing Journey. They, they could have done that. that. I mean, that might have been better. It's <laughs> funny. I, yeah. I like the callback to the to the first episode. Um, I like that. But to me, that, that was like the only redeeming. I, I have to admit, like, I hated the whole arc with Jackie Childs, like, you know, playing off of Johnny Cochran and stuff. Like, I just thought stuff like that was corny. It was very topical and, at the time. Right. Who told you to but, put the bomb on? But, yeah, but <laughs> was it like... Do we need like was the show topical like in you know I guess with Giuliani they were and whatever but like early on they really weren't and I it always bothered me when the show didn't fit into its traditional mold mm -hmm. like somebody I was reading today said something about remember that episode like one of the greatest episodes of when they're all on the subway and George gets robbed and Jerry goes with the naked guy to ride the uh, oh, cyclone yeah. and whatever but when when they catch when the undercover cop catches the guy trying to rob Kramer yeah. There's an applause track. Yes. yes. You've never yeah. ever had in the show. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> it was very And I just weird. remember going, that's not what this show is, <laughs> even though we're happy. And yeah. so when they did that and it was like, you know, the plane's crashing and they're trying to apologize to each other and all that, I'm like, this this doesn't resemble the show that I've watched for nine seasons in any form or fashion. And I get you want to bring the characters back, but uh, this article I read today on Vulture said something along the lines of can you imagine if the show ended? I think it was the finale of season seven, um, Summer of George, where yeah. George is going to die because he can't walk anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe that would have been a more redeeming yeah. finale yeah. of, you know, George is just completely incapacitated because he's such a glutton and, you know, so self-centered or whatever. But yeah, I just, you, you have an almost impossible task to land that plane after nine seasons, but that was not the way to do it, I don't think. I, I, I thought what was so bad about it i mean there were so many things but i and i agree it was i it was absolutely forced you loved the theory of the characters but it did feel really forced um the them standing there watching the guy being mugged yeah look we all knew they're self-serving selfish people they're not that bad i mean that yeah. was despicable not yeah. you know laughing talking about what are we going to do not saying we're going to get it i mean that was that broke yeah. character yeah but like, not to did. defend that it but not. they were just trying to get an excuse to bring all these people back right right exactly like, so it was all forced like you know, another thing, time, like, like you're not like looking Sylvia at the morality said, it changed of it. everything it changed yes. it changed their entire being to do that 
Exactly. And I think another time, there were a couple of times, other times when it felt forced, like when he said, you know, when the, the plane is crashing and he's asking, telling Elaine he loves her. He was never in love with Elaine. We knew yeah. he wasn't in love with Elaine. It was, I mean, for 10 years, they were friends. And yes, they were close, but it wasn't this, oh, forlorn, big yeah. thing. And they, every, a couple of times they tried to do that and it just felt wrong, you know? Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I, I, I just thought, you know, it was cool to see all those actors come back. It was cool that, that you know, they did it. It was more of the event. You know, I thought the better uh, series finale of all these shows was Cheers. Yeah, I Cheers, Cheers, Cheers was, was amazing. And the Cheers office is good. was really good. The best one ever office, was yeah. Newhart. Yeah. That true. was the most oh, was genius, genius. Yes. finale you're showing your ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, never. never ask a lady how old she is, but she just told you. Yeah. <laughs> I was very young. <laughs> I, th I thought Cheers was great, and I thought The Office was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Office did a little of that kind of breaking a little of the of the character, but it it worked. Um, and the surprise of bringing Michael back. Um, Cheers. Cheers was nearly perfect in every sense. Um, yeah, I just nah, didn't love it. Cheers is on Peacock. Yes, it is. But you have to find it. Yep. <laughs> I have to find it because now I can't remember the finale of Cheers. And and, and I can rip Peacock because they I, I pay them. I, I they they get my I subscribe because of the Premier League. If you for five bucks you can get every goddamn soccer game from the Premier League, um, literally every game. So. It's worth its weight in gold, but every Saturday night live, it, it's a bad, it's a beaver. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's great stuff, but it's yeah. bad. It's a bad. Uh, my, my only beef with is with the WWE. That's the only reason why I have it. And whenever a pay-per-view is on and I join in like an hour in, I cannot rewind to the beginning until the whole pay-per-view is over. Uh, that drives me bad nuts. UI. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. Right. You, again, you it's like the Seinfeld line. You got to give it to Chinese people. They've seen the fork. <laughs> They're sticking with the chopsticks. Yep. You've seen Netflix. You've seen mm -hmm. what the how it works. Copy that. Just go into the mm -hmm. the the uh, art. You know the intelligence of the app. And it, again, it's not the content. HBO Max has great content. It has all the DC stuff. It's it's a hard app to navigate. Yep. Disney Plus is pretty good. Yes. Disney Plus yeah. is yes. pretty good. Disney Plus is good. Yeah. And and you go down a rabbit hole because I'll just watch the trailer to Empire Strikes Back every time because there's <laughs> so much good stuff on Disney Plus. Um, the three of you, I cannot thank you enough. Chris Ballone, Sylvia Lean, TJ Roche, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. It was great to talk about a show, but to talk about new things about an, an old show. It's not I, I didn't want to do an episode that was just going to be, oh, you know, wasn't the puffy shirt funny? Like. I wanted to actually talk about the fact that this show's on Netflix. And when that press release came out and when Jerry Seinfeld is thanking Netflix for taking a shot on these guys for nine seasons, I said, that's a hall of justice episode. So thank you all three of you guys for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much. Yo, yo, a lot of fun uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks, next week, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We will have a spoiler filled review of Spider-Man no way home. 
And then the week right after, Hawkeye. And maybe we'll be talking about both in both podcasts because I have a feeling that something happens in Hawkeye that has to do with Spider-Man and vice versa. So we have two Marvel-centric podcasts coming up next. Uh, This was a podcast about nothing. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home.